Yes, um, I'm going to keep my seat since I have wet it with drool. Kneel before Zod! Welcome back to Not So Southern Gentlemen, I'm Ricky. And I'm Sean. Man, we've had an exciting week. I got to see uh, a movie I'm going to talk about. What have you been doing? It has seriously been just a week of chaos in this house. Once again, I'm glad we get to sit down and record this awesome podcast. Let me ask you a question. What is your favorite movie soundtrack of all time? Oh, oh my God. That's an off-the-wall question. All right, I'm going with... I have a tie, really, because there are soundtracks that I listen to. I would go with either Spawn which has an incredible soundtrack, or I would go with Friday, which oh. is another incredible soundtrack. I thought you were going to steal mine here for a second, but no, those are both those are both amazing. Uh, you know, I I hadn't really thought of the Spawn one in forever, but that was a really good soundtrack. And Friday just, yeah, Friday just, it it's just makes that movie great. Um, oh, yeah. Mine relates to Spawn, uh, The Crow, the original uh, Crow movie. That soundtrack is amazing. I would put that as it's definitely in my top five. And, and you know what's a bad movie, but a surprisingly awesome soundtrack is Batman and Robin. Ooh. Ugh. Dude, horrible movie. Horrible movie. But the Smashing Pumpkins has a track on there. And I'm not even a huge Smashing Pumpkins fan. But there's, I believe they have two tracks on there. One is called The Beginning is the End is the Beginning. And then the other one's the end is the beginning is the end and those two sound or those two songs on that soundtrack are just really great i've got several others my top i recently picked up whenever hastings is going out of business i picked up the mad max fury road soundtrack by junkie xl Ugh, uh <laughs> you just listen to that and drive forever that is so great like my my probably my single favorite I, I mentioned this uh, either last week or the week before, Duel of Fates from uh, episode one, The Phantom Menace, one of my favorite uh, movie songs of all time. Dude, speaking of which, did you see coming near us, there is an orchestra coming to Conway, I believe next month sometime, and they are going to do every Danny Elfman slash Tim Burton song. Oh, wow. That's... That's actually uh, pretty exciting. Love Danny Elfman. I know, I know. I, I honestly thought for a second, you know, I like to rip on Danny Elfman saying all of his stuff sounds almost the same and all this. And, it's, uh, it all sounds like Oingo Boingo. Yeah. What the heck? Oh. Right, but, but you know, his soundtracks really are great. His scores are really great, honestly. And I, if I had opportunity and the money, I would definitely go see that. Yes, absolutely. And related to movies, I saw Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them yesterday. Have you got an opinion on this movie? You know me, I only got into the Harry Potter franchise because my wife asked me to watch the movies when we were dating. Therefore, I watched the movies up until, you know, th those last two weren't out yet. I don't even know what the last two movies are called. And then we went and seen both of those in the theater. So... I am strictly an outsider watching a movie. I've never read the books, and I don't have 
real a real take on the movies either. Okay. I thought they were entertaining. Okay. You know, they're they're not aimed at me, but I, I did read all the books. I did watch all the movies. I, I watch them regularly. I do enjoy them a lot. It's a, it's a really well-told... Well, it doesn't relate to me as, as a child, of course, because those came out whenever I was an adult. But the Fantastic Beast movie is kind of a different animal. I mean, it's... You've got a different proposal. It's a period piece. It takes place in 1926. And you've got Oscar-nominated, or uh, Eddie Redmayne received an Oscar. You know, you've got him and Colin Farrell and, you know, several other actors in there. I mean, not like Harry Potter that had actors you did recognize, but they weren't in the prominent starring roles in the movie. Fantastic Beasts tackles it. I mean, it's it's a great successor to Harry Potter. It's a really good movie. It's really beautiful. The cinematography is great. And Eddie Redmayne plays Newt Scamander, who is the author of a book in Harry Potter, uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. It's, it's one of their uh, school textbooks. In the movie, he is he's currently in the process of writing that book in 1926. And he plays the character... I mean, Eddie Redmayne's characters, he's, he's always player, kind of quirky, kind of right. uh, uh, nerdy, and, you know, Stephen Hawking or something like that. But yes. uh, and, and they outright say it in the movie. There's a point where he's talking to uh, Dan uh, Fogler, who is really good in the movie as well. I thought he is just a comedy relief. I hadn't seen him in much, and I had to look up the things I had seen him in. He was really good in this, too. But he even relates to him. A lot of people don't like me. They find me annoying and kind of, you know, nerdy. <laughs> and, nice. And, uh, but he's really, he's really good. Uh, there's a couple of nuances and flourishes to his character that he, he gets across in the movie that I don't think, I don't think are, are any other actors you could pick for that role could, could get that across. And the period of time it's in the uh, magic that's going on the way they address some things in the movie now I, I don't want to spoil anything I'm not even going to mention mentioning something because that could spoil it for somebody else as well but uh, the actresses in the movie do really good um, the beasts in the movie don't look CGI they look very very good and the story makes logical sense all the way through. It's it's just a good movie. There there is a point it does kind of break. Uh there's a breakout scene um from somewhere that kind of doesn't logically hold up if you sit there and think about it a couple of days. But on the face of it, it you get through it real quick, you eat your popcorn and you're fine. Uh but you could logically look at it and go, "What? That what? Wait a minute." <laughs> But uh, so, other other than that, it's really fun. So are they building a new franchise, or is this a one-shot? Well, they are building a new franchise. I'm glad you asked that question, because um, it does a great job of being its own movie and giving you a taste of what's to come. Uh, and, and that's the way you need to do those movies. Uh, and they thought it, a lot of people thought it would be hamstrung by that, because it... All this news suddenly got came out that you know they were doing this one movie and now they're they're doing a new deal for a five movie deal, which everybody was like, "Hold on, we're," but um, it did great and 
I, I will go to see the next movie. That's awesome. I, I'll, you know, as soon as Michelle tells me uh, we're going to rent this movie, I'll, I'll sure I'll watch it and I'll catch it then. And I'll probably be looking forward to the next one. I mean, I, I'm just not the, I guess I just didn't get super hyped about Harry Potter and therefore I didn't get hyped about this. But I can't say anything bad about any of it. Everything I've seen up to this point has has really been good. I just wasn't one of those people that stood in line for the books and didn't pick up on that. There have been things that I've been that crazy about, so I can understand why they love it so much. I mean, I, I totally buy in. It's just not my thing, you know. You, you could be looking at a new franchise so that people out there that do love Harry Potter and those books have something new to look forward to. Yeah, and a lot to uh, a lot to my draw to Harry Potter is kind of uh, like I've said before, I'm a mythology kind of guy and there's a lot of there's a lot of meat on that bone to chew on, uh, especially for somebody who likes mythology. So and they do a great job linking, they don't. They don't ham fist the uh, references to Harry Potter in there. They, uh, they kind of throw in mentioning Albus Dumbledore, but at the end of the movie, it makes sense why they did it. So that's awesome. A couple of other things are, are salt and peppered in there. The name Lestrange is mentioned. There, there's a couple other things, but watch this movie. Watch it in the theater. It, it's good. I mean, the magic is really good. Uh, there's a couple of really interesting things they do that haven't been done in, in Harry Potter that I remember, but it, it looks really good. That's awesome. Moving on to other news. Peter Dinklage, who was Trask in the X-Men movie, has apparently signed up to be in the Avengers movie. Now, a lot of people are speculating who he may be playing. I, ha- I have my opinion. Well, I was thinking Uatu or Yatua or whatever his name is, but what do you got? I was thinking either Pip or or Modoc. <laughs> Pip the Troll. <laughs> but but see, if you bring in Pip the Troll, then you got to bring in Adam Warlock as well, right? That sounds amazing. Oh my gosh, I didn't even think of that. How how am I the Marvel guy and you nailed Pip the Troll? What's up with that? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. Every now and then, hey, what is it they say about blind squirrels? Hey, I, I, today I'm the blind squirrel and I found a nut, so sweet. But dude, I'm excited. Peter Dinklage does great work in everything he does. The fact that he's joining the MCU is just incredible. I couldn't be happier. Tyrion is one of my favorite characters on Game of Thrones. He was awesome in Elf and... He did an okay job as Trask in the X Men movie. Well, he was he was underused in in the X Men movie. I mean, honestly, absolutely, honestly, anybody could have done that character. Uh, um, and I mean, he brought something to the performance, of course, but he was way underused in the X Men movie. Yep. But you know, everything's up to speculation right now. I cannot wait to find out who he's going to play. And th- this just means. To me, this means that Infinity War could be way bigger than what we even think. See, now here's the question. What kind of budget do you put on this movie with... It's going to have 40 people that all could have a 
have a, have their name on a poster. I mean, how do you do this? Well, it helps when the previous year you make eleven point four billion dollars. Yeah, but that your name that is, may be the budget of this movie. <laughs> it, hey, after this announcement, I have quit putting any thought into. Okay, it's going to be these characters are going to be involved. No, wait, wait. Maybe we'll add this one. Forget it. Let's just throw down all the doors, all the gates, all the barriers, and let everybody in. Let's see how many characters can we see on screen. I mean, as a fan of comic books, as a fan of Marvel, I want this to be huge. This is the one movie that I'm like, forget it. If the... the audience doesn't know who these people are they can learn about them after the movie let's just throw them in there so that all of us that know what's going on are sitting there just drooling just hand me another ticket and i will wait for the next show yeah they've already to be that good they've already mentioned like spider-man is going to be in it um Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I am not going to be surprised when TV characters show up in this movie. I don't care if it's a split second of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., if uh, the Defenders show up. I, I won't surprise me a bit. This is going to be amazing. But speaking of the Defenders, Entertainment right. Weekly put out a article that showed all our Defenders together. Oh, have you seen the videos of them that they released doing their Facebook Live where they're goofing around on set together? No, I have not. It is hilarious. Those, they all mesh together so well. It, oh, The Defenders is going to be so good. And we haven't even got to see Iron Fist yet. And I can just watch them goofing around on set and you're like, I don't even know what story they're going to tell us with Iron Fist. And I'm already excited for the Defenders because you can already see the chemistry between all four of them playing around on set that it's just going to be incredible. Right. And, and the uh, Iron Fist hits in March. Defenders, I'm not sure about. But I saw an article that backed you up that the Punisher is going to be out this year. I, I saw that. I know. I brought that up and then we we kind of didn't know. So we left it floating in the air. Yeah, I'd seen the Punisher was announced for this year. No date yet. I'm wondering if they're going to push that for summer. If right now, while they're filming Defenders, if Iron Fist is coming out in March, this whole time, right now, they could be filming the Punisher. Yeah, and that would be amazing. Now, Nintendo Switch. Dude, it's got a release date, March and the price is way better than what I had expected. I know it's two ninety nine, and you're gonna want a game, so you're probably dropping four hundred out the gate because you're probably gonna want. I don't know if it comes. Well, obviously it comes with two controllers. I guess is the way you want to put it. But honestly, are you gonna? Here is the question: Are you gonna day one this, or are you going to give the switch? a moment to get reviews and then you're you're more than likely if the reviews come back super positive which for Nintendo you know they're they're kind of on the same tier as Blizzard they don't put out very much but when they do put out something it's usually tough to find and hits big so if you don't day one and pre-order the switch are you going to dig and dig and wait till they hit the shelves again and then try to pick one up. 
Well, I've, I I have a plan. <laughs> uh, whenever this uh, announcement trailer came out for the Switch in November or December, whenever it was, uh, my son cut me a deal, and uh, I agreed to this very quickly, that uh, if he got straight A's in school from that moment on until he gets out of school on his birthday, he'll get a Nintendo Switch. His birthday is in July. <laughs> so... I'm covered. Oh, you got till July? That's awesome. Yeah, and hey, this semester, boom, straight A's. He brought everything up like five points. Oh, you're going to nail it, man. Yes, that's awesome. And uh, see, here's my deal is let, let, let's. I want the Nintendo Switch because it looks amazing. I want the Nintendo Switch because of the portability it, it showed in the little preview we got to see, the little commercial where they're hanging out on the rooftop and stuff like that that all looks amazing but I already know that money that I'm going to dedicate to something I really want PlayStation VR and I've kind of set aside in my mind money from income tax return for either PlayStation VR or the Nintendo Switch now I'm now I'm totally confused because the price on this thing I really thought it was going to come out and be four ninety or three ninety nine and then you're looking at dropping four hundred once you get a game and controller, so I don't know I, I'm really surprised that this thing is coming out so lowballed I'm excited for it man I haven't owned a Nintendo product since the first Wii came out and I ended up selling my Wii. I just didn't play it. Uh, I mean, I know how you feel. Until we didn't bite on a Wii until very, very late in the game, and then uh, we upgraded my son to the Wii U, which uh, I enjoy playing it with him. I mean, it's Mario, so who doesn't enjoy Mario? The other things like Splatoon and stuff like that, we really don't have the bandwidth for, so <laughs> he plays uh, Super Smash Brothers and, and that kind of thing with his cousin, and they get a kick out of it. And I think it's a fine console. I'm I'm so happy that they finally Nintendo got in the game and did a high def uh, console. So that's yes, that's something for them. Now they just need to have uh, disc playability on their console. But of course, now this Switch is going to be. I don't think it's going to have a disc. I don't believe so either. Okay. I did want to speak to... Now, the Switch is the first console we get the big promise we've had for a very, very long time. And it's it's the promise of the console you take with you. You know, you don't have a PlayStation and a Vita. You just have the same thing that goes with you. And you dock it. And that's, that is awesome. I, I tell you this right now. The, the day I watched that trailer... I, I I was a Nintendo believer again. I mean, that's that's what we want. That's what we've always wanted. Something you can, because that's what we've been doing from the first time we got a Nintendo or Atari. We were taking it to somebody else's house to play with them. That's what we were doing. That's what a kid yeah. wants to do. I mean, heck, oh, yeah. you know, in college, what were we doing? We were hauling around tower PCs to play LAN parties at somebody's house. I mean, that's what we were doing. Yeah, we and you know, from our time together, we were carrying around PlayStations, PlayStation 2s to each other's houses to play stuff. My only fear with the Switch is battery life. 
I I honestly want to be able to take it off the dock and in my mind I would like to be able to take it to work when I'm on night shift when I have downtime and be able to play it for a considerable amount of time and, and not have to worry about taking the dock the charging dock with me Oh, well, they'll have that figured out. They'll have, of course, a, a, a small a, a power dock or a, or a cable that you just plug into a computer or, or a thing when you're sitting. You know, it's on, on. I'm sure it's got plenty of battery life for on the bus, on the plane, but, but whenever you get to where you're at, boom, plug it in or miniature dock it, you're fine. I hope so. It's going to be exciting. I, I can't wait to see where this goes. Uh, the one movie thing I wanted to say left is that we also got some news about Green Lantern Corps. David Goyer, of course, is writing, and John Stewart got confirmed to be in this movie. Now, Green Lantern Corps, I think, is a great way to tackle the Green Lantern problem in the DC movie pantheon. Because um, even though I, I kind of liked Green Lantern, it's... It's not a great movie, but it's serviceable, and it was fun. I liked Ryan Reynolds in it. A lot of people didn't. You, that that is you, a, you liked it just because it's Ryan Reynolds, not because it's a good movie. Yeah, he, yeah, he carried that movie. Yes, absolutely. Um, for me, of course, most of the public thinks that movie was horrible. So them making this approach and having multiple Green Lanterns, having it be a buddy cop with John Stewart. I agree with you. Like you said, if you tackle it as a whole and just show the Green Lanterns stories, that is much better to me than the, the way, obviously, the Ryan Reynolds movie handled the situation. Yeah, and a lot of people complain that, of course, it's... It's kind of like you have Star Trek, but it took place all on Earth. You know, what's going on? Green Lantern is a space cop. Where's my space? It's just one of those things. Green Lantern, uh, the cosmic characters, even in Marvel and DC, are, you know, pretty hard to tackle. You're, you're working with some bigger concepts you got to get across to the general public. Hey, make it beautiful, make it great. That's all I got to say. Um, I was, yes. did want to move to some comic news. Clones are back. What is your opinion on the clone story of the 90s? Ugh. The clones. The clones. Do we, now, were you ever aware of the clones? I don't believe so. Refresh my memory, and then I'll be able to tell you whether I have or not. Okay, well, let's go through the whole history then. So, uh, Spider-Man villain the Jackal had an uh, early villain, you know, 60s, 70s villain, uh, made a clone right. of... Gwen Stacy and Peter Parker and big fights, confusing stuff, you know, 60s storytelling or 70s storytelling. And Spider-Man ended up thinking his clone was killed in the 70s. Let's roll into the 90s. This guy named Ben Riley shows up looking exactly like Peter Parker. Turns out they tried to play the card that Ben Riley is actually Peter Parker. He was the one that they thought was dead, and the clone thought that he was the real Peter Parker. And this whole... Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so the clone actually thought he was Peter. Well, they they retconned it or changed it or whatever. Anyway, there was a scarlet spider running around named Ben Riley with a hoodie, and uh, it was was just... It was just a horrible story. Uh, 90s comics, stuff going wrong, comic book companies collapsing... Ugh, I, I couldn't stand any of it. But 
Uh, ben Riley has returned in the pages of Spider-Man. Now, Spider-Man in the past couple of months has fought a villain posing as the Jackal with a uh, kind of a Egyptian Jackal mask. Turns out it was actually Ben Riley, and they're they're proceeding on a story about clones today. Now, with the modern writers that are doing Spider-Man these days, it's got me kind of interested. I won't lie. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Um, I know I have. I go and I have a few of the new comics that I do follow and pick up on a weekly basis. And as much as a Spider-Man fan as I am, I'm actually not collecting Spider-Man at the moment. So that kind of makes me want to go back a few issues and start the story up and, and see where we're going with this. Because like you said, everything that they're doing right now with Spider-Man has been really well done. And that's very interesting. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, and one more comic story. I wanted to actually cover a comic story. Now, we've done a couple of these in the past. We talked about uh, Atlantis Attacks. We've talked about Infinity Gauntlet. I wanted to talk about Acts of Vengeance. Now, is this something you've read any of? This is not. Okay. Uh, but I have heard of it. But I haven't read it. <laughs> okay, well, Acts of Vengeance was a uh, multi-crossover story from Marvel in 89 to 90. It was like December 89 to like, it was a three-month thing. And it what the premise was, all of these bad guys got together, made a plan, switched up their, who they normally fight against to try to, you know, get the, get the better of the good guys because they're not used to fighting these other guys. Like you had Doctor Doom fighting the Avengers, like the... The destruction of their floating hydro base uh, happened here, where they weren't at a time they weren't using Avengers Mansion. They had their own base floating out in New York Harbor, that was destroyed by Doctor Doom. You had uh, Magneto, the Red Skull. You had Kingpin, Doctor Doom, the Mandarin. All these guys, you know, fighting different people that they normally do. And I thought it was pretty good. Now there was one secret guy uh, behind the scenes getting all these guys together, manipulating some people. And as the story played out, of course, the, the guy was actually Loki. Because, of oh, course, nice. he's the one who got all the Avengers together on accident in the first place. And that was his motive to try to destroy the Avengers and the Fantastic Four. Because they keep preventing him from doing his stuff. But some great stories came out of this. Like, you've got... So, Magneto, of course, is a Austrian Jew. And the Red Skull is a Nazi. <laughs> So right. uh, you had part of that story, Magneto and the Red Skull went at it. And uh, Magneto locked the Red Skull in a, uh, basically in a tomb. And uh, that was pretty awesome. That was in a Captain America comic. In this, Spider-Man actually gained the uh, uh, powers of Captain Universe and fought a uh, Tri-Sentinel, I think. Is, it, it was Loki merged a three Sentinels into one, and Spider-Man had to fight it. And he fought, awesome. he fought Magneto as well. He didn't know he, he... He started having these weird powers, like he could fly and all this kind of stuff, and he didn't know what was going on. And then finally, the, the powers of Captain Universe emerged on him, and he was able to stop it. You also had your first uh, vault breakout, like the... Uh, recent storyline, but the the new Avengers when all that stuff happened, whenever uh, Electro broke out of the vault. Well, this this happened the first time in Acts of Vengeance. You also have the seeds of the Scarlet Witch going insane in this story. 
uh, which are touched upon again in uh, House of M. You get your first ninja Psylocke shows up in this run of Acts of Vengeance in X-Men. It's the first appearance of, I think her name is the Kawanan body of uh, Psylocke uh, with the Mandarin and, and Jim Lee doing those comics. Uh, oh. The New Warriors first appeared in, in this story in Thor number like 411. And then you have, uh, and that story is Thor versus the Juggernaut. Yeah, just uh, some really good stuff happened during this. And plus, John Byrne uh, is in the middle of a lot of this. So, of course, I'm a fan of that. Yeah, yeah. Your boy, yeah. Before we roll into the next segment, I I, I just thought of this. I watched something today that I would like to talk about. And it's something that we've brought up the past two podcasts i believe i got caught up on dragon ball super dubbed funimation nailed it it's amazing it's so much fun to hear those original cast members it was just so much fun the only thing that i believe they changed is i thought i heard that the original intro voiceover guy was coming back and I think it's the guy from Kai, not the one from DBZ. But that's my only thing I can say that was any different. I enjoyed every second of it. If you're a Dragon Ball Z, a Dragon Ball fan, definitely check out Toonami with the new Dragon Ball Super dub. And I was wrong before I wanted to correct something. I told you that it started retelling Resurrection of F. That That's incorrect. It's going to retell Battle of the Gods. So when it starts, Beerus is just waking up. And he's having his dream of a Super Saiyan God. So that's where it starts. It's really awesome. They give you full intro. You know, this is taking place six months after Boo has been defeated. And it's just awesome. Mr. Satan is so hilarious in the first episode. You, you watch it and you think, oh, this is this is good old Mr. Satan that we've seen before. And he, he takes a little turn and does something really kind. And you're like, this isn't like Mr. Satan. You're like, you're an all right guy, Mr. Satan. You're not just a, a big old windbag that <laughs> he knows he's not as good as everybody around him. And it, it's just a really good show. I enjoyed watching it and I can't wait for more. Now, are, are they keeping his name Mr. Satan this time? Yes, he is Mr. Satan. Okay. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> He's not uh, Hercule. Nice. No. He, and that takes us to the local hall section. Do you want to go first? I can. I mean, mine, mine is uh, out of the box. It's toys. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was uh, our local Walmart actually broke the streak and started carrying the used to be the scout class size toys the the ten dollar price point and they got the ones i was waiting for uh g1 gnaw and kickback and these these little things are great they're little i mean just transformable little desk just leave them on your desk uh they're like three or four inches tall uh the the kickback actually finishes off a modern insecticon run that they started three lines ago they did a bombshell first or no they did a shrapnel first and then they did a bombshell in the last line and now in this line they're doing a kickback we have modern insecticons now 
The gnaw toy is completely adorable, and I need 15 of them for, uh, to recreate scenes from Transformers the movie. Other than that, I'm good. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's awesome. What do you got? Oh, for me this week, you know, I would mentioned that uh, I was going to start picking up some pops, some Funko pops. You know me, uh, I jump into the fire kind of head first when I do things. And it started earlier this week. I got a text message while I was at work. And my wife said, I got you something. Uh, and I was like, tell me, send me, send me a picture. And she's like, okay. So she got me the four pack that has the Captain America Iron Man keychains along with the Hawkeye Spider-Man from Civil War. So it has the Funko that I wanted with Spider-Man holding Cap's shield. Nice. Then... Uh, we had a day together on Friday, and I was able to stop by GameStop and went in there, and Michelle wants the Harley Quinns, all of them. And so I was able to pick up Imposter, Harley <laughs> Quinn, and I got a Doctor Strange. And then yesterday, I went to Collector's Paradise in Cabot, Arkansas. Obviously, I've spoke about it before one of my favorite stores at which point I picked up a Spider-Man uh, from I believe what is the first series I guess it has a number three on it I'm still trying to educate myself on a lot of the terminology on Funko Pops I joined a Facebook page and they're talking about stuff like Chase and all these different things and I had to look up what all that meant so I need to learn some stuff need to educate myself on some stuff for Funko Pops but I I'm, I think as long as I can control myself I think it'll be a fun collection to start and I was also while I was at Collector's Paradise able to pick up some comics and I'll save the best for last I'll put that one on the bottom I got What If number four which is uh the alien can uh, costume had possessed Spider-Man. He hadn't even put a price tag on it yet. It was still in the process. And I was like, oh, uh, are, is, is that one for sale? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I picked that up. That's one of the what-ifs I need. And not to mention that's an appearance of the black costume, which I'm trying to complete, you know. Picked up an old Iron Man 161 with an appearance of Moon Knight in it. Picked up a Marvel Milestone uh, giant-sized X-Men number one and wanted to read that, so I picked up these. And these two, I believe three of these are dollar books. I believe I got the Marvel Milestone for a dollar. I picked up uh, Gambit vs. Bishop X-Men number eight for a dollar. And then uh, I also found one more for my Web of Spider-Man run, number 126, The Trial of Peter Parker, part one. But that brings us to what I really got and what I'm excited that I found was Daredevil 183, which is Frank Miller's story where Daredevil fights the Punisher and... This is the cover that I believe was banned, and it has Punisher shooting Daredevil in the stomach with, you know, it's pretty graphic. Uh, It has blood and stuff coming out his back. So that I was very excited to get. And other than a few little spine 
defects. The corners on this book are just incredible. And if you're listening to this in your local, Collector's Paradise is running a deal. I believe it started this past Saturday and runs through next Saturday, the 24th. Any $10 book is buy one, get one free. $10 or less books are buy one, get one free. So you go in, you buy a $10 book, you find another one for $9, bam, that one's free. It it's a great deal. Uh, I can't say enough about how much I love that store. I know I know I speak about it very often, but it's just such a nice place. And the owner Randy is such a nice guy, very personable. If you're listening to this and you're local, take a stop out by Cabot, Arkansas, and go buy Collectors Paradise. It, you will not be disappointed. And and that about wraps up my haul for this week. Now, this week on Lost in Time. I wanted to talk about a subline of something that I absolutely loved. Um, now, I never was a huge Lego guy, mainly because I, I just never could talk my parents into Legos. I, I think they had something against Legos. But there was a couple of times I was able to sneak some in. And these are some of my favorite Legos I've ever seen. There was, in the 80s, a line called Space Police. And I believe it's the first time they did. They, they've done Space Police a couple of times, even one recently a couple of years ago. Um, the original Space Police were black-blue bricks with uh, translucent red on translucent panels. These were so wonderful. Like the, the Space Police had the space uh, symbol, like off of, space symbol off of, uh, uh, Charlie Day's character in the Lego movie, Benny. And okay. Yeah, I mean, it was basically police vehicles were, were themed the blue and the black, and they had the big vehicles came with a, a jail cell, a modular jail cell that was blue, blue bricks with uh, the red translucent bars on them. And it was just a really, really fun set. I only had a couple. Um, it, was, it was like Galactic Peacekeeper. I'm looking at one right now. And then the other was a competitor line a little after that or before. I, I don't remember the exact time frame. But they also had Blacktron, which was black. Oh, it was it, it was pretty much the same time because I had this other one right here called Alienator. Black bricks with uh, yellow uh, translucent. And that was a really good... Oh, I had that one too, the Invader. <laughs> I'm just going through these. Ah! But yeah, you, you, I, you know, for somebody that didn't have that many Legos, you sure had a lot of Legos. I had three. I had three. I just named three Legos uh, in my okay, lifetime. Okay. So that's that's the ones I remember having, and I really, really do do miss those. I wish I could find those because those are today. Th those are skyrocketing prices on those, but. Uh, those were really fun. I mean, did you ever have a set of Legos you just remember having, not just Legos in a box? Well, I wasn't a Lego guy. I, I, I always thought they were cool. And my brother and I, growing up, we just didn't collect Legos. Um, I think it was because we traveled so much that, you know, when you're traveling around, that's the last thing you want to try to keep track of is, once you take them out of the box is, you know, 200 Legos, 150 Legos, just not something you want to keep track of. So neither of us really collected Legos. And while I admire Legos, I think they're awesome. 
I just never had them growing up for convenience sake. So you never got any, Le- you never received any Legos? I probably had a few. Nothing giant, though. No big box anything. You know, uh, there's the little boxes that you can get where, where you can put together a car or something like that. Yeah, uh, and these, are, these, ha- are, these are the ones that I had. Yeah, what you're talking about, those three sets were all... Like the sub twenty dollar sets. Yes. Okay. I may have had a few of those growing up. Nothing spectacular. Never had any of the Star Wars sets or any of the, you know, any of the major toy line sets out there that were based off movies or TV shows or anything like that. Not that I can speak of, man. Just didn't have it. Cool. What do you got? Okay. I only had a few of these growing up. Almost like you and Legos. Did you ever have any of the high-end water guns, like Super Soakers? The ones that were like, you know, 30 bucks, 50 bucks. Now, I know we're getting more into late 80s, early 90s, maybe even mid-90s with some of these. And I know even now they're still huge. And you can go out and buy a $100 water gun. But did you ever own any of the Super Soaker when they first started coming out? Oh, they had, in my youth, they had the big water guns. Now, the Super Soaker, the actual Nerf Super Soaker, I think that was on the tail end. But I never had huge, the big ones, you know, that you could rack up, that you didn't have to run back every five minutes and fill up. Right. Yeah, I, I you know, all I had was my big sister. If I shot her in the face with a water gun, I might be dead now, so. Oh, that that could probably, yeah, I can imagine that. I, I believe my brother and I, we each had one, you know, where it, it had, you know, the just you pump it up, and then it had the tank was a top-load tank. And probably held probably, you know, half gallon of water, maybe a gallon of water. I don't know what they hold. I only had a couple of those, and they were just, if you could get a water gun that was really well made, they lasted forever. I just remember we had one of them. Like I said, I was probably, I know I wasn't driving yet, so I had to be like, 13, 14, 15, around that age. We put it away, and it was in a uh, storage unit. And not but a couple of years ago, we found it, opened it up, ran some water through it with a little bit of soap, and within, you know, 15, 20 minutes, that thing was firing like it was brand new. And I was always like, man, if you really paid the money for the water gun... It really was worth the money compared to the $5, the $10 ones here and there that the line would break loose from the tank or the trigger would break. I just remember the cheap ones, the trigger was always getting broke because you would just try to fire so fast and the next thing you know that thing's broken. Oh, but I loved the Super Soaker guns and I lo- the high-end water guns were always really fun. Yes, I agree with that. Um we have some modern ones that uh, I play with my son in the summer. Now, cartoon-wise, I went with something rather unusual. Not everybody's going to... It's not everybody's thing, but in the 80s, being a big Transformer guy, I was not a GoBot guy because basically the GoBots were crap and so was their cartoon. But in, yeah, yeah. in Japan, they actually made... Now, Japan didn't have GoBots. They had the original line, Machine Robo, that GoBots were taken from. They made an animated series called Machine Robo Revenge of Kronos. This was animated 
by top-end Japanese artists. I mean, it's big machine, robo, you know, early, mid-Gundam kind of animation. I mean, it looks really good. And it's it's kind of enjoyable to, to watch those, <laughs> those GoBot figures. I mean, and, like, all the bad guys, they changed everything when they brought GoBots over here, like... Leader One and uh, uh, Psykill are both nobodies in this series, and they're both good guys, so it's kind of funny to watch. But it's really well animated. The story isn't that great, but it's just fun to watch that and enjoy the animation of this. I, I wish I could just show it to you. I may let you borrow this sometime if you're so inclined. But uh, Dude, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I, I enjoy it, especially seeing that stuff from a different point of view. Heck yeah, man. That'd be awesome. I'd like to watch that. I mean, it, it sounds amazing. Like, I, I wasn't big into GoBots either, so it sounds like something that might be fun. Now, my cartoon, which you've already shown your what your feelings are for this, <laughs> what is Camp Candy, which was John Candy's 80s Saturday morning cartoon show which was basically just John Candy trying to be a camp counselor to these crazy kids, and they get into all these adventures and stuff. And I had totally forgot about this show until it was... It was one of those pages that just shows random stuff from the 80s. Uh, I'm a member of several Facebook stuff, you know? And I seen that, and I was like... I had totally forgotten about Camp Candy. And if I've forgotten about Camp Candy, it has to go on Lost in Time because that just was so much fun. I was watching, or I, I need to go back and try to find if I can uh, watch it somewhere because I would really like to uh, see how it holds up and see how much fun it would be to see uh, John Candy in cartoon form again. Yes, and now I have a unique, have you seen it? My oh have my you, goodness. my have you seen it? I haven't actually seen, <laughs> but but you're, you're I, I, asking people, have you seen this? Because <laughs> you, it's an honest question this time. Yes, and that's true. I was I was listening to uh, Kevin Smith's podcast with Mark Bernardin, and he was going through his list of uh, movies from 2016, the top ten. He mentioned this movie, and it just it's been in my brain ever since. I watched this trailer. It looks really good, and he put it in his top movies of that, that year. It's called Train to Busan. It's a um, South Korean film, but it's, it's zombies on a train, and it's uh, like a father taking his daughter somewhere on a bullet train in South Korea. And, you know, it's just a family drama that turns into a, oh my God, we've got to save everybody. And the trailer looks amazing. It absolutely looks like, go on YouTube and watch the trailer for Train to Busan. I mean, it's it's something I want to watch. I mean, it's like it, whenever you watch the trailer for The Raid, Redemption. Okay, Raid, Redemption. Okay. Yeah, you're like, I want to see that. <laughs> so, right. I, that I, I, I want to find that right. I may have to actually buy. It's on. Uh, it's available on iTunes and and uh, YouTube for for uh, to buy it. Th- that may have to happen in the next week or two because I'm really excited about this film. That's awesome. Uh, on a side note, I was gifted some Google gift cards, and those can be used on iTunes. I can purchase this movie, watch it, and then I'll just give you my password, and you can watch it. 
Yes! <laughs> there you go. So so maybe in the next couple of weeks we will have a review for Train to Busan. It sounds awesome. What do you got? Uh, my Have You Seen It is some 80s cheese factor at its finest, and that is Beastmaster. Oh my gosh, those winged things with the acid. Ugh. Oh man, <coughs> it was just so good. I just remember watching it, and the the part that obviously sticks out in my mind is the ending where the ferrets, o- Odo and Poto, was that their names? Yep. And, and then one of them uh, falls into the fire, but, but at the end you get to see that the female had babies, so there's kind of replacements in the world, and I just loved that movie, and it was so much fun. You said uh, Mark Singer was the actor, and then I have no idea who the female cast member was, but I just remember I loved Beastmaster and watched the VHS tape until I, I remember having to mess with the tracking and just to try to get it to work, and then finally just to the point of screw it, and I just dealt with it, but... I wanted to watch it so bad that I dealt with the fuzz and the rolling sometimes, and it was just a great movie. So, I mean, it is full of 80s cheese, don't get me wrong, but I, I definitely love that movie, so and that for mo- some reason, if you haven't seen it, you should check it out. So that movie has, has, has like I said earlier, there's a, there's a scene where our good guy is going to this tree, and there's these creatures that... Uh, they have wings, and you don't really see them. They have their uh, arms uh, folded. Oh, yeah. Talked. Well, like, they, they put the wings around, and they, like, you can't see what's going on. You assume that they're barfing acid on whatever's in there, and when they undo their wings, there's nothing but human bones left. Oh, yeah. And that I re- think that always pictured they were eating them like uh, flies do or spiders do. That's what I always thought. Yeah, but that reminds me of... There was another series that was on TV. Now, do you remember Wizards and Warriors being on TV in the 80s? That sounds really familiar, but I cannot put any faces well, there was this, to it. There was this attempt at fantasy on TV. It was kind of like the closest you could get to Dungeons and & Dragons, and, uh, and you're crossed with like uh, King Arthur. But there was a there was a scene where uh, like one of the good guys like the sidekick was tied up, and there was a guy beside him, and they poured acid on the guy, and all that was left was like well nothing. I mean of course they cut away when they showed the thing pouring it, and of course yeah. the guy's gone. There's nothing but shackles and whatever blah blah blah. And they uh, the next guy they they're trying to get him to talk. They do the same thing except for it's water in this one, and I just remember that scene sticking out to me like. I'm five. I don't need to be watching this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just remember they made a horrible noise when they were eating. Oh, God, that slurping. Ugh. Yes. Gross. Gross. So what don't you want us to see? Do you like Jennifer Garner? I mean, she's pretty cool. Yeah. Do you like Terrence Stamp? Yeah, yeah. I like Zod. Kneel before Zod! Oh, but... He played Jor-El in Smallville. <laughs> well, that is true. Do not watch Elektra. Just don't do it. 
I mean, I like I like the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie. I like Jennifer Garner as Elektra in that movie. I do not like the Elektra movie. The only the only the only thing that the only thing I there's like not that, there's not a redeemable quality. You can't think of one. The only thing I like in that movie is that the hand actually disappear when they get killed like they should. Other than that, uh, yeah, uh, and Ben Affleck is in the special features. He's not in the movie. There was a scene where he shows up talking to her, like in a vision or blah blah blah. But they cut it out, so he's not in the movie. But he's in the movie, so. That's crazy. Is that the movie where they met? No, Daredevil's the movie they met. Okay, so were they married by Elektra? Uh, by the time I don't think so. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure. Huh. It's cool to see Elektra and Daredevil together. <laughs> I know I'm a big dork when I say that, but... Okay, now, my don't see it. When, when you want a sequel to a movie you really like, and you want another story from it... You need to make sure that everybody doing that sequel to the story really wants to be there. Otherwise, you get Highlander 2, The Quickening. They're not eternal. They're aliens. They're all aliens. Oh, my goodness. Dude, I just remember, you know, uh, Chris Lambert didn't want to be there. There were budget cuts. There were, I believe, a change of directors at some point, and that movie just turned into crap. Like, horrible, horrible, nasty crap. It was, uh, to come from the Highlander, where you, you leave the Highlander and you're like, oh, that was a fun story. That was exciting. It told you some lore. You know, you get to see, you know, the way the Highlander works and all that good stuff. I could I could go for another story about that. And then you get Highlander 2 and you're like, this is not what I wanted. And then they're going to fix it with Highlander 3. Maybe not. Maybe they're going to fix it with Highlander 4. Maybe not. Oh, Mario Van Peebles, what have you done? Oh, my God. You know, I'm waiting for them to reboot the Highlander. I don't know if you could... Well, I mean... Of course, yeah, you could. A good writer, good good director, anything can happen, but do, do we really need another Highlander movie? Can't we just watch the original Highlander and be fine? Well, maybe, maybe somebody will go back, erase two through however many there are from the timeline, and then give us an honest-to-God Highlander 2 story. You mean kind of how Rogue One replaces all three prequels uh, very easily? Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, man, do you have anything else for the people this week? I'm just planning on keeping on, keeping on. I'm going to watch, oh gosh, what's coming out? We've got Rogue One will be back at the Melba. Watch it again. We'll have, well, hello there. We got Visitor. And that's all I've got. All right, then. You can find me at Maynard98 on Twitter. You can find both of us at NotSoSouthernGs on Twitter. You can find me at Ricky Westbrook on Twitter. You can search Facebook, Not So Southern Gentlemen. We're always posting new articles and reviews. That's right. And so, for Not So Southern Gentlemen, I'm Sean. And I'm Ricky. Peace.